Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I am TK, joined as always by Andrew Holly. Holly, how we doing, man? I'm doing well, sir. Doing well. We're here uh, on Tuesday night. We've got the the Bills and the Titans playing their their COVID football, and now we're uh, getting ready to uh, celebrate a domination of the Cincinnati Bengals last Sunday by our Baltimore Ravens. Yes, yes, for sure. A dominant 27-3 victory by the Ravens in a kind of a dreary Sunday in Baltimore. But, uh, you know, that we were able to get out with a win in dominating fashion. So, as always, we're going to talk about our offense, defense, and special teams, hand out a game ball, uh, discuss our popular week, put somebody on the bulletin board, and discuss our overreaction of the week as we look forward to week six as the Ravens travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. So let's start with the offense here. A lot to discuss um, with, the, with the Ravens offense. Despite scoring uh, 20 points on offense, we got the, the seven on, on the fumble recovery, but um, a little, little left to be desired on that side of the ball. Yeah, it, you know, to say the uh, Ravens are still a bit of a work in progress on offense is probably an understatement, unfortunately. Uh, not Lamar's greatest game, you know, 180 yards, two touchdowns, a pretty bad pick. Just not not the Lamar we want to see throwing the football generally. You know, I think he wasn't always helped out by some of the play calling I think but he also missed some receivers on plays that probably would have gone for good yards I mean just just one in particular where he threw over the middle and kind of forced it to Mark Andrews and both of us texted each other you know Devin DuVernay should have been the guy he was open Mm -hmm. and he probably would have he might not have scored but with his speed he would have added at least 10 yards to to where he would have caught the ball. Yeah, yeah, the the locking in on Mark Andrews and, and Hollywood Brown is in is in full force. Uh, it seems. Yeah. Uh, almost as though there's no other options on the field unless you know somebody else is the primary read. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I guess that's a little concerning, just because maybe that just relationship isn't there with the other receivers. But it's it's got to develop, you know. Yeah, teams are going to be able to kind of game plan around uh, Andrews and Hollywood and force other guys t- to make some plays. And you know, it, it doesn't. It to me, it doesn't seem as though those other guys aren't getting open. Those other guys being Boykin and Duvernay and um, and Willie Sneed. It it just seems as though uh, there's just not that uh relationship there there that not that trust there particularly with Boykin it seems that way um they it just hasn't been very clean between those two there was like that third down I guess where Lamar threw it to the end zone and Boykin was like run blocking and I think that yeah. just uh, encapsulates the kind of yeah. the uh where they are where they're at <laughs> with each other so I mean You'd love for Boykin to, to be that third guy. You'd love for Willie Sneed to be the third guy, uh, or, or or even Duvernay, who who's made an impact early on. And you know, we were like, oh, he needs to get more snaps. And then you know, he starts to get more snaps, but he still doesn't really touch the ball unless it's a, a like a manufactured touch. So that third option, you know, yet to develop, and and I think that's going to be really important for this passing offense. Well, it really is. I mean, and and you think about. Uh, you know, how much a guy like Wink Martindale has been praised for manufacturing a pass rush. Well, we need to start manufacturing the the third option on offense. <laughs> you know, whether that's whether that's, you know, getting a guy like DuVernay in space or getting a guy like J.K. Dobbins in space, you know, figuring out how to utilize some of these weapons that we do have that aren't getting the ball enough. Um, you know, I, it, it, if, if you're able to create a little bit more fear on the defensive side of the ball, when, when guys like DuVernay and JK Dobbins steps on the field, that's going to create more of an opportunity for them 
Andrews and Brown to continue to shine um, instead of having these defenses lock in on them continually. Um, I, you know, we've got to figure out ways. I mean, you look at these other teams, whether it be the Chiefs, whether it be, you know, the Eagles, whoever, whoever it is out there that's, you know, interesting on offense. I'm watching the Bills right now scoring a touchdown on a reverse on a nifty play. You know, I, we've got to figure out some ways to get the ball into those two young rookies hands and let them make some plays because, the offense needs some help. Yeah, for sure. And and for a while there, with the game pretty much sealed in the first half, it did seem to me that it turned into kind of a scrimmage or a preseason game kind of deal where, you know, maybe they got away from running the ball just because they were trying to do some things passing the ball, and it just happened to go very poorly. Um, so I, I don't I'm not too concerned about like the the run pass balance in this game because it was just slightly different than uh, it it would be in a close and competitive game. You know, not not counting that that Chiefs performance. But so I'm not too concerned about that. It's just that um, there's got to be somebody else, and and you know you go out and you draft at least you know three wideouts, including Hollywood or, or not including Hollywood in the last two drafts. And, uh, you know, you just hope that one of those guys hits a spark here soon and, and um, you know, can find a way to to earn Lamar's trust to, you know, be that guy. And um, yeah. I guess the, the, other, the other key point to make is that the offense is extremely young. Uh, you know, there's only a couple guys – who are like not on their rookie contract. Uh, if you look at the people getting snaps for the Ravens, I mean, I think if you go through the list, uh, I think Matt Skura and uh, Nick Boyle and Willie Sneed are the only guys. Well, Mark Ingram. And, and well, yeah, and Ingram. Like those are the only guys not yeah. on a on a on a rookie contract. I, I mean, it's an extremely young offense, uh, and and they're gonna make mistakes that young offenses make, and it's gonna take them a little bit of time to settle in, I guess. But um, you would hope that that starts to happen soon, because yeah, uh, you know, and this is where want... we're missing the. I don't know if it's the veteran calmness, but certainly the veteran presence of Marshall Yonda, you know, to whip some people into shape and, mm-hmm. you know, get things rolling, you know, whether that be the get behind me, we're going to, you know, run for 200 yards today, you know, and, and not that, you know, the other offensive linemen don't necessarily want to have that attitude, but. You know, that was a Hall of Fame offensive lineman saying that and getting it done. So that's that's a big thing to lose. Um, and and I think, you know, that's that's not something we should understate throughout the course of the year. Now they've got to, hey, it's the NFL next man up. But that's the reality, you know, and that's a big loss for a, a team that was as good as the Ravens were last year in the trenches on the offensive line, dominating the the offensive side of the football, running the game or running the ball, excuse me. And in turn running the game down to the, you know, down to the end and, and blasting their opponents. It's hard to do that without your offensive, uh, your offensive hall of famer. Um, yeah, on that. Yeah, it, it, the other thing to consider is that Matt Skura is still coming back from a really severe injury, so yeah. he might not be completely at the level that he's used to or that we're used to seeing him. Uh, you know, sticking along the the offensive line, uh, right guard was a little bit in flux with with Tyree Phillips um, on um, her, who hurt his shoulder. And uh, I think McCarry and and Ben Powers did a pretty admirable job at right guard. I think uh, Powers had a uh, unfortunate holding penalty, but outside of that, I think they were both pretty solid. It it it's you know certainly you don't want to see Tyree Phillips be hurt, but it it's interesting to at least get to see the depth of that interior offensive line that normally we would have been able to say, well, 
back in preseason game two, we got to see Powers play the first half and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. So, I mean, at least we get a chance as fans to see some of their play. Um, you know, you know, just as you said with the, you know, the penalty, I mean, there's not much we can really, too much we should really uh, take from the performance. But um, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think uh, it, it's, it's, yeah, I, I mean, it just goes to show. I mean, we've got some instability right now on the offensive line, you know, and hopefully we've got some good young prospects there. Um, and and they, they seem to be playing okay, but that's got to be part of the issue right now on offense. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it certainly could be. But I think I think I still think that they're just going to get going and it, there's another another opportunity in week six against a kind of questionable Eagles defense um, for them to get rolling again. And I think that um, it's it's coming soon. I, I I don't know how to explain why I feel that way. You know why? Like some because of these... this was game one. That's just true. As we talked about last week, we we got through four preseason games, and mm-hmm. and really this was the first game in the season last last week and hey the defense came on strong because they you know usually the defense will will you know be the stronger of the two sides of the ball to start the year and uh it takes the offense a little bit to warm up and hey there we go yeah i mean look at where the ravens were uh five games through last year oh my god uh, sitting at three and two very tough fought victory at at the Steelers with the, the very famous now uh, fruit punch that Marlon Humphrey had on, on Juju Smith Schuster. So, I mean, very different, very different spot that we were in last year where, you know, we we're fighting and clawing to be at three and two. And now we're disappointed in, in an underperforming offense sitting at four and one. Um, some things such as like connecting on the deep ball, I think, I've just noticed that Lamar's throws are very flat. Uh, he, he doesn't like if he hasn't been putting too much air under him to give the receivers a chance to run him down. I think that's just mm-hmm. like small kind of timing and you know learning receivers and learning timing and things like that. Yeah. Uh, that that I think they will get ironed out as they spend a little bit more time together. Um, so like I said, you know, like things like that make me think that it's just, it, it's really close. Um, things just need to click into place a little bit. So, you know, while the offense isn't, isn't playing at the insane clip that they were on last year, like an offense that the city of Baltimore had never seen when the Ravens have yeah. been in the city, um, it's gonna. I, I think maybe it will never get back to that point. That that's possible, but uh, it'll certainly. It is certainly capable of being better than it is right now. And I, I just I get a sense that it's really close. Yeah, I, I mean, it, all it takes is for Lamar to start getting a little bit more comfortable, whatever whatever that means. You know, um, whether that be with the receivers, whether that be just. You know the the offensive line clicking because they've got the right combination of guys now, and and here we go. You know whatever that is. Um, maybe maybe you get a guy like Dobbins who gets hot, or or Duvernay to help out, and you know he's got that you know release valve player. You know that he can he can kind of go to that. In a sense, Andrews isn't. Like you look at you look at a lot of offenses and the tight end is sort of like that. Oh, mm-hmm. what else do it? What? Oh, that's right. You know, you think about the the you know Terrell Suggs. Oh, the white tight end. Don't leave home without him. You know, right. Um, and and that's that's kind of the that's a true story in a lot of respects. But it, in the case of Mark Andrews, he's really our number one receiver. So yep. that that guy that you you know look for as that oh when all else fails throw the tight end well they, he's already doubled you know and you've looked at him twice while you look through the receivers already you know so yeah they've got to find that release valve and I think a guy like you know I, and I don't think I certainly Hollywood could potentially be that guy but again he's your number one wide receiver so mm-hmm. you know. 
he's also right now being doubled. So yeah, we've just got to find that release valve who, whoever that is, whether it's, you know, one of the running backs, whether it's, it can be one of the other wide receivers, even a, even a boil. I mean, I think some of the, some of the things that the Ravens are seeing now, you know, they're, they're stacking up the run a little bit and they've been able with, you know, with some of their pressure, it's been a lot more effective against Lamar this year for whatever reason. Um, and on top of that, they've been able to key down on two receivers and they're saying, okay, if we cover Andrews and we cover Brown, we don't think anybody else on your team can beat us. Right, right. And and going back to your safety valve um, point, which I think sure. is really important, just like, again, just somebody that you trust that you, can, that you know is going to be there while you're under pressure and needs to roll out. J.K. Dobbins kind of evolved into that at the end of the first half. All within two minutes of the half, he had all three of his catches. And they were all kind of that safety valve kind of kind of play, just on the flat, uh, you know, just in case he he becomes like the the third or the fourth read, whatever the case might be. And having that pass catching back is, you know, Gus Edwards doesn't really do that. Um, Mark Ed, Mark Ingram doesn't really do that all that much. So having that option there at the running back position, I think, adds to Dobbins' case to get some more snaps. I mean, he had the terrific run uh, off the left edge uh, for, what was it, 37, 34 yards, something like that. Let me let me double check what that was. Yeah, it sorry, was 34. Yeah, it was 34. But, you know, it just his burst like that, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, we should get this guy on the field more. And then he also adds that pass-catching ability, that safety valve, um, yeah. in those types of situations in which you say, like, all right, well, you know, let's try to throw him the ball a little bit too. So there's 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 some options here. I think, you know, I I don't I don't know what the deal is with Boykin. I I still like yeah, and I really yeah. a fan of his physical ability. Uh, I just don't know what's going on with him as as a receiving option. But uh, yeah, somebody, uh, unfortunately, he's, he I think Boykin up. is going to be more Willie Sneed than we really like him. To be, despite your your previous overreactions of the week, um, you know, I I think that we've gotta we've got to figure out a way to get the ball in some of these guys' hands that are electric. And you know, I like you know one of the few crossing patterns we saw last week was that you know the the play that we both noticed, you know, the ball forced to Andrews instead of the Duvernay. Uh, on the, you know, the shorter route. And, you know, we need to see more of that. We need to, you know, just see see ways, you know, other teams are doing it, you know, and we've got to do it too. I mean, it's great that we went out there last year and revolutionized the three tight end offense. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've got to evolve and it's got to include some wide receiver play other than throw it deep. Yeah. Yep. I, I think those are all excellent points, and it's close. I swear. I, I, I just get a feeling that. Well, you know, I, I think too. Weeks. You know, what? There's something to be said for let's get Lamar hot a little bit. Let's do some of these short passes and just get him rolling. Get the offense rolling a little bit. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. there haven't been enough of these sustained comfortable drives we've had some long drives but it hasn't been you know we keep ending up with field goals and kind of uh or they're just a lot of messy in between a couple good plays you know it's i feel like you know let's just get him hot a little bit because he it's not like he's making terrible throws all the time he's just not quite connecting or when you think we're gonna get hot he has to take a sack or you know, mm-hmm. it just doesn't. I I agree with you. It's like we're, we're maybe almost there, but it, it's time. It's time for them to rev it up. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Because if you look at the schedule, uh, the Ravens got the Eagles this week, and then they have their bye, and then they get the Steelers, Colts, Patriots, Titans, Steelers again. I mean, that's that's a tough stretch. That's a, and that's those, a, st- a very tough stretch of football. Right. I, and, and that's the, those games 
are going to take both sides of the ball playing well. You can't just rely on our defense to, to you know, have a, a forced fumble return for a touchdown every week. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so it, it, I, I, I do think either either right after the bye, it'll look you know, more of a well-oiled machine, or this week against the Eagles, they'll get some things figured out. It, I just get the sense that they're very close, and I, and I do believe um, that we will see a, a fairly high-powered offense once again uh, with Lamar at the helm. Let's see. Any other notes on the offensive side of the ball? I'm just trying to see if I missed anything here. I can't think of anything just other than we need to get Devin DuVernay the damn ball. Yeah. Yeah, him and Dobbins, man. Yeah. Yeah, that would that'd be great. You know, get them more touches. You know, they they are you know, I such mean, great I mean, one touch, 42 yards of rushing. One, yeah. I mean, that, that was electric on mm-hmm. that end-around play. I mean, it's just, I don't know. We got we to gotta figure some, something out. Mm-hmm. And he's not just a track star. You know what I mean? I guess that's. That's the thing that's frustrating me. It's not just, oh, he's really fast, so they're figuring out ways. He was a damn good wide receiver at, at Texas. He can catch the football. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's utilize that. I I, I don't know. I, I'm yeah, just a fan. Yeah, what do I know? What do I know? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess what do any of us know? But it, I think it's important to rem- remember that he's a rookie, uh, just like Lamar's in just his second year as the full-time starter just as in, you know, Hollywood's a second year guy. Sure. It's it I mean, these guys are young and like they you know, rarely do you see you know rookie wide receivers come come out, especially guys drafted in the spot where Duvernay was drafted and like make an immediate That's true. Impact. That's and very like, you know, the the Steelers this week got a ton of ton of credit for like all the wide receivers that they've drafted over the years and, and the most recent one that seems Clay to be pretty good is Chase. Geez. Yeah, Claypool, but like they they go after a wide receiver every year. I mean, yeah, you know they they take one every year. So you know you you're gonna miss on some too, and and they just happen to uh, have yeah, that may be something that the Ravens need to start doing is just start taking I, wide receivers every year. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, if they don't pan out, they don't pan yeah. out. But yeah, you know you've got to keep know. feeding Lamar Jackson weapons. No question. Yeah, you have to. You have to like that. That's that's something that can only help his development. Yeah, and like, we need to you know, get get to a point where we're not worried about the third tight end. You know. Right. Right. Absolutely. As much as um, I love that aspect of our offense, don't get me wrong. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Let's see. Uh. Yeah, I think that's it for 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 what I had on the offensive side. If you're ready, we can flip it over the defense. Who? Yeah, let's we'll let's talk much, about some good things. Yeah, yeah, much much different tone. Uh, the when cherry we talk on about top. This defense. They were unbelievable. I mean, wow. like the the Bengals' offensive line is not great, but. Man, this Ravens defense beat was down. Beat yeah, they were down. Unbelievable. I like. I ended up feeling a little bit bad for Joe Burrow. Like he was getting rocked on oh, almost yeah. every time he dropped back. I mean, you know, Wink Martindale did not uh, hold any punches when it came no. to uh, came to defending Joe Burrow. Uh, what was it? Every member of the starting secondary had a sack. Um. I mean, how I I can't even think and, about and that was happened historic, before. wasn't it? That, that I think there so. were as many that that they had that many defensive backs that that had a sack in the game. Um, yeah, that's just ridiculous. Five, yeah. five defensive backs. So you had Humphrey, uh, Peters had a sack, and Peters' first career sack. Um, Chuck Clark had a sack. Jimmy Smith had a sack, and uh, of course Deshaun Elliott had a sack. So, I mean, it's crazy. And then Pernell McPhee adds one. Patrick Queen adds his sack fumble. Uh, man, I mean, it was it – was What else did you say? I mean, holy yeah, crap. Yeah, and, like, like, the only other worst one I've seen – I don't know if you remember the Titans game a few years ago. The Ravens had, like, 11 sacks, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and it was Mariota, who, who, we, who we thought, like, would be able to – Yes. Avoid pressure and things like that. But, <laughs> like – yeah, you know, it didn't Burrow work is out also that way. a little bit. He has a little bit of mobility, agility, 
uh, to avoid the rush, but he really did not stand a chance on Sunday. No. And and look, I'll tell you what, the young man for for as much as we battered him, I mean, I thought he 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 played okay. I mean, if that even makes sense. You know, I mean, you could tell there was a lot of talent there. I think he's gonna be a player that that, you know, down the road we have to be worried about, but um they gave him uh, a major lesson uh in in football for his rookie year, that is for sure. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I, I, I'll say the one thing that I was especially happy to see and, and granted somewhat surprised was how well the defense handled Joe Mixon. I mean, he, he didn't mm-hmm. have any any chance. I mean, they really bottled him up every time he got the ball. I mean, that to me was a big test because he's one of the better running backs that they face year in and year out. Yeah. Yeah, especially after how well he played um, the the week previous previous, I was I was actually very pleasantly surprised. I think he I thought he was going to give us a tough time, you know, with with how good the pass rush was and how aggressive the blitzing was. I thought they would hit us with a couple screens, and he's really good on those screen plays when he gets yeah. you know a couple couple blockers out in front of him. But um, yeah, they just like really could not get much going with him at all. I think he was averaged less than three yards a carry. Um, you know, he still, you know, he still handled the ball 24 times despite what the score was. And, you know, it, that, that shows you what they think of him, that he can, you know, can break sure. and run any time. But, um, yeah, I, I was really impressed. I think one of the, one of the guys that kept popping out to both of us was Jalen Ferguson, who, who uh, has really come on in these past two weeks. Um, you know, he had a really nice hit on, on Mixon, you know, to take him out of bounds. But then the, the play that really stuck out to me uh, for him was uh, he set the edge, he shed the block, and then made a tackle for a loss on Mixon as he tried to bump it outside. And that is exactly what you want to see out of that Ferguson. Was big time. That, that was yeah, big time. I mean, that was a really, really nice play. Um, I think that was... Uh, fairly early on, you could on in see the, everybody in the getting half. fired up for him too after he made that play. Everyone's like, "Oh!" and they're like running up to him on the sideline and stuff. Yeah, that was that was awesome to see. He continued to pop throughout the game, and uh, you know, we I've been giving him some shit over the last few weeks, and I'm mm-hmm. glad that he's listening to the podcast, taking it to heart, and uh, showing up. I mean, I love it. Thank you, thank you, Sack Daddy. For being yeah, a, a uh, loyal know, listener, week, week in, week out listener, and taking our words to heart. Yeah, absolutely. So like he he really popped out in it, and it, that's a huge huge deal for this defense. Big time. Because like we always say, can can the front four get a rush? And uh, he's he's going to be a big part of being able to do that. Because as you saw, the, the Chiefs go down to the Raiders. You know they were able to do some of that. Uh, you know, getting getting in pressure with just four guys and dropping back into the, in, into coverage. That seems to be the way to bother that offense a little bit in the Chiefs. And you know, Sack Daddy's going to be a big part of being able to to pull something like that off. So it's really good to see him coming on. Um, you know, not only being on the field more, but doing more with his time there. So. Really glad to see that. The other guy that popped out to me was Pernell McPhee. You know, he just seemed to be in the backfield on almost every single play. He had the sack. He added four more quarterback pressures. And uh, just seemed to always be bothering either Burrow or any running play that they were going after. So another guy that's going to really help out that front four pass rush. Uh, it's good to see him uh, being pretty Absolutely. active. Yeah. McPhee was fantastic. I mean, look, I mean, pretty much kudos across the board. Uh, Matabike popped Mm -hmm. quite a bit throughout the game. You know, he didn't have a lot of stats, but he got a lot of uh, got a lot of snaps and and he definitely got a lot of uh, pops in, uh, especially one in particular on on Burrow at one point during the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's playing well. And of course, I mean, what can what more can you say about Patrick Queen? I mean, it. It really, at this point, if he keeps this up, he's defensive rookie of the year. And, and, and just like Marlon Humphrey is defensive player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you brought up Queen because 
we were talking before we started recording here and you know he's making such a massive impact not only just making tackles but also now forcing turnovers is his second forced fumble on the year he's recovering fumbles it's his second recovery it's his first career touchdown i mean he's johnny on the spot yeah i mean he's impacting the game in several different ways but there are still things that he can get a lot better at you know like in coverage so like he's he's struggling in some aspects of the game but still making an impact in the things that he's good at so i mean it just gets me really excited for for his future um as he continues to grow as a player i mean he he looks like he's going to be a good one so i i'm a man he's he's just unbelievable his speed on the fumble recovery too you can see it and his speed closing on burrow to to force the fumble as he uh hit him from from kind of the side or from the back a little bit but and i loved I mean, his uh security as he uh ran the football back did you see he was running stride for stride with him uh malik harrison yeah. yes he was let's go yeah. another rookies. yeah another another rookie yeah another rookie so uh, i mean he's got to be in the conversation for defensive rookie of the year just like you said marlon humphrey has to be the leader right now for defensive player of the year i mean he is just out of his mind you know ripping punching that ball out it's it's crazy i mean you know even to the point where we haven't even talked about marcus peters who had his own you know strip sack and an interception Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's crazy you know it's like you know and but just what more can you say about Marlon Humphrey? I mean, just fruit punch is going to be a household nickname sometime soon. If he keeps this up, it is. And and he's still kind of unheralded like nationally. He doesn't get that much attention, but I mean, you know, that's fine with me. I don't know if he, he wants some more endorsements or, or things like that where he needs a little bit more exposure, but he is just so good. Like every every time he just seems to be around the ball, you just expect something to happen now. And and uh, man, it still seems like he's underpaid even after that huge extension. But yeah, um, yeah thank God he's locked him up at this point. Yeah, yeah, seriously. That, might, he, that may price, end up, price up like a, up a yeah. Bit. Seriously, that <laughs> may end up being a uh, cheap deal before he's done. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about I don't know if a hundred million has ever changed. <laughs> um, let's see what else what else do we want to talk about here? Um, Brandon Williams also another really bright spot. I think he's been playing really well. Um, he like you don't hear his name too much on broadcast. He doesn't show up huge in the in the stat sheet, and I think that's exactly what he he's just like disrupting in general for other players to be able to make plays. Uh, he seems like the, like the Tony Saragusa or the Sam Adams in front of Ray Lewis. You know, yeah. you don't, he's the guy know, doing the dirty work. Right. Right. And he's, he's doing an awesome job. Uh, and let's face it. So is Derek Wolf. I think, yes. I think he's doing a lot of dirty work and so is Clayus Campbell. As much as we get the, the pop from Clayus Campbell where he's, you know, knocking passes down and stuff like that. He's really there doing a lot of dirty work too. I mean, that offensive or excuse me, defensive line is, is just a dirty defensive line. Yeah, like you you look at how effective they've been against the run in in recent weeks. Uh, after a little bit of trouble early on, they've really cleaned that up. Uh, I think they just got to get rolling in that pass rush a little bit, you know, so that Wink doesn't have to send all these crazy blitzes blitzes all the time, and. Uh, Man, I mean, the defense is firing on all cylinders right now. They are a championship defense. Um, you know, one of the things that kind of surprised me was how many, how much playing time Marcus Gilchrist got. He was the safety that was brought up from the practice squad, um, and he was playing a lot of center field. And I think that allowed Jimmy Smith to uh, play some more outside corner rather than him being in the safety spot. So if you look at the snap counts, um, what that means in general is that Anthony Averett doesn't play anymore. He only had 11 snaps on the day, while uh, Gilchrist himself had 20. So kind of a kind of a reversal of fortunes there. And uh, you know that major issue that everybody had with Anthony Averett 
you know, having to be a guy that we relied on first, he played pretty well and didn't really struggle that much. And now he's not really playing that much anymore. So, yeah. Well, maybe the coaches agreed with some of the uh, squeaky wheels out there about Averett. But uh, I think it was just more about game plan of the week. Uh, yeah. More than anything. But we'll certainly see if that ends up being a trend. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's something to keep an eye on. Um, kind of a bad uh, sign, not a bad sign, but a bad thing that happened uh, to Otara Alaka on, on special teams. Actually, he, he unfortunately had a severe knee injury and has, has been ruled out for the season. But um, I, I think that the Ravens, uh, at least on defense, will be able to withstand that. I think Chris Board got some snaps as well at middle linebacker. So between Queen, Harrison, Fort, and Board, I think that the that the linebacker spot in the middle at least is uh, has quite a bit of depth there, which is and solid. We do lose a, a little bit on special teams, though, I will say. He had been playing pretty well. And he actually, and, and not that we want to switch to, we can if we want to do our pops of the week, since we're just talking about the defense, he was actually – going to be my pop of the week just because I, you know, with all the pop, I mean, there were so many to choose mm-hmm. from there. It was a plethora of pops or there were a plethora of pops in the ball game, you know, but I, I wanted to go with a locker because, uh, you know, he was, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to go with the special teams guy. And, and unfortunately it's, it was a, uh, a, a, a farewell pop. Uh, from Mr. Alaka as he had that that unfortunate knee injury that that ended his season later in the game. Yep, yep, that was definitely a really good shot from him, and and hope him, uh, wish him all the best uh, in his surgery and recovery. Um, my pop of the week was going to be from Patrick Queen. His forced fumble, he he jarred uh, his former teammate Joe Burrow pretty good. Uh, you know, he showed some excellent closing speed as he chased him down. And, uh, you know, not only did he cause the fumble, but he recovered it himself. Um, so, I mean, uh, just good to see uh, him do that, show his athleticism. Um, so those are our pops of the week. And actually, I've, I've got I've to give a bonus pop to Deshaun okay. Elliott's, uh, Deshaun Elliott's sack. I, I mean, it was yeah. – <laughs> that. I mean, what else can you say? I mean, there were so many pops this week. I, I had to have a bonus pop. So Deshaun gets my bonus pop. Yeah, there's like I in my notes, I I have too many to choose from. I guess Patrick Queen. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean there were just so many. It's it's you know the defense was balling. Special teams was good again. I guess let's talk about special teams. I almost got my prediction. I called earlier this season or before the season. I called Justin Tucker hitting a sixty-plus yarder, and uh, so he close. had the leg. He had the leg. Just a little bit wide right. So the prediction uh, streak continues. Um, I I thought I thought he was gonna drill that, and uh, yeah. you know maybe maybe I, I with no rain. Too. I've had a feeling too, even in the rain and the crappy day, but That's he had the leg, man. When it happens, yeah, it 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 will, it will. I, I like even even though I mistaken mistakenly thought that the Ravens were playing in Dallas, uh, and he would get a chance to kick indoors. I think it's going to happen in the Dallas game. All right, <laughs> I, I have no no basis for that, but that's what hey. I'm going with. It's it's still going to happen. Wild. It's weird and wild, but I like it. Yep, sixty plus yard are still on the board. Um, otherwise, you know, not much work for DuVernay to do on kickoff returns. Uh, Prochet, again, solid catching the ball. Didn't really break out any returns of his own. But, um, again, sometimes the ball security is is a little bit more important and and just allowing the offense to do their job. Honestly, I am happy to have all of the, you know, all of the returns done by these two guys if I know they're always going to catch the ball. Yes. Honestly. Agreed. I, I probably yeah. will be okay with that moving forward. I know I have criticized previous returners for not having some electric return ability. And and while that, you know, may come again at some point right now, they are I am perfectly fine 
with them just catching the ball and being conservative. Yep. Just yep, catch for sure. Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So then let's let's hand out a game ball here. I'll, I'll let you go first. Well, I've got to give it to Patrick Queen. I mean, it, it, as I said before, I mean, he if if anyone out there is the front runner for defensive player of the year, it has to be Patrick Queen. And uh, another stellar game from him. His first touchdown, you know, two recovered fumbles, one sack fumble. Uh, I mean, another nine tackles, six solo. I mean, geez, what else can you say? Yeah, he he was unbelievable. Definitely his best game as a pro so far. I'm going to give my game ball to Pernell McPhee. Um, he had he, he was in on five tackles. He had the sack. He had four more quarterback hurries. He had a pass defense. He had a tackle for a loss. I mean, like I said, he was just in the backfield on every play, providing that pressure uh, on Burrow and on the Bengals' running game. So I'm going to give him my game ball. Um, The vet deserves it for sure. Uh, And there's a ton of others to be handed out on the defensive side. So, um, yeah, so Patrick Queen, Pernell McPhee, get our game balls. Okay, are we ready to look ahead to week six? Yes, sir. All right, so week six, the Ravens travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. And maybe the most interesting thing, I don't know if, if you think this is the most interesting interesting thing, but there are going to be some fans in the stands. The, the city of Philadelphia allowing 7,500 fans to be in the link for the game. Do you think that's going to make a difference, or is, is it just a, uh, you know, there's going to be some people there? I, you know, I... It'll be interesting to see what the players say after. I, I don't, I don't know that that's going to be as many as you know could really make an impact. But that said, it might fire some people up to see. You know what I mean? I, um, I don't know. Uh, there's always the the question of. You know, like, for example, while watching the Orioles this season, while they were playing fairly well at certain points, I would wonder, is that because no one's in the stands watching them play or are they really good now? You know, (laughs) and you got to wonder that a little bit about, you know, some of the NFL performances, because there is a difference when you have 70,000 people watching a game now. Is 7,500 going to make that big of a difference? I don't know. You know, um, they still may just kind of jab with the, the other folks on the uh, on the sidelines, and that's about it, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I was watching the NLCS last night, and before the game, uh, I forget exactly who they were interviewing, but one of the players on the Dodgers said uh, – yeah, I mean it's not like the it's not a huge deal. They're they're playing the series in Arlington, Texas, and I think they yeah. allowed some fans in, and they're like, yeah, it's not really that big of a deal, but like, it's just different to have people there. You know, it's not just cardboard cutouts and things like that. So I mean, I mm-hmm. think some of that energy is back, but uh, you know, it, it, I don't know. Maybe uh, being on the road, you get a little bit of that uh, energy against the fans in you. But uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out if that makes a difference at all. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, that's probably what ten percent of the the fans that usually get into uh, the link. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, yeah, we'll I mean, see. I guess I look at it this way. It's it's a positive with respect to the game. Certainly, I yes, I I, I hope this all these decisions aren't being made. Too soon. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I guess, you know, I, I, this, this whole thing is so tough because there's got to be a happy medium where everyone can continue to live their lives while also being safe, you know, wearing a mask and everything else. Certainly, it doesn't seem like having 70,000 people crammed into a stadium would be the right answer. What is the right number? Where is it safe? Where isn't it? What you know, I that's where I keep going back and forth. I mean, you know, I'm talking to a, a family member today who had been 
traveling a little bit and they were talking about, well, the plane felt great and being in the airport felt very safe. It was the bus shuttle or the shuttle bus, excuse me, from (laughs) the parking garage, you know, over to the terminal. Well, that Mm -hmm. was crowded with 80 people in it. So, you know, that's where you gotta, you know, it's just, anyway, it's a hard question to answer. Hopefully this ends up being a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, if we get back to um, what's going to be happening on the field, uh, <laughs> I think that the, well, I mean, it, it is a consideration sure. what's happening yeah, in the stands, absolutely. but, you know, to talk about the yeah. game, too, um, the Eagles pose kind of a strange challenge because absolutely, I don't think that they are, like, the most talented roster in the league, but they do have a few guys that make things tough, and, and they started out the year really bad. Uh, they after that tie with the Bengals, um, they they went on to beat the 49ers who were having you know problems of their own, and then they they lost a back and forth game against the Steelers. So they're kind of getting a little bit better as as time is passing here, just as we hope the Ravens are doing. And uh, you know Carson Wentz is starting to play a little bit better. They're getting Miles Sanders, their running back, involved. Uh, they have a ton of speed um, at their at their wideout position with Jalen Rager. He he, he presents uh, quite quite a problem. And watch uh, out for his Travis speed. Fulgham, man. Yeah, and yeah. Fulgham, right? I was, I was you know, you he's what, he's been I, lighting it up too. I watched some of the game. I was watching some of the highlights before we started recording, and and look, it was one game against the Steelers, but he he was. He caught 10, 10 catches for 152 yards and a touchdown. They were not like, oh, he happened to be wide open. He was making contested man catches. This was not – this was this looked like a player that was coming into his own kind of a performance, not, oh, this was the wild performance of the week kind of a game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's against a good Steelers defense, too. Yeah. So he, he's a guy to watch out for. He's a big guy, 6'2", um, like 215, 220, right around there. That's mm-hmm. that's like right in that Jimmy Smith matchup range. But, um, you know, they also have Zach Ertz, who always is that, that savvy tight end. Um, their offensive line struggles a little bit. Their defense struggles a little bit, too. Um, so, you know, they, they're just kind of, you know, I, I – before in our in our season preview, I predicted a loss here, uh, but maybe maybe not feeling as strongly about that at this point. But uh, I think I think they're going to pose some issues uh, more so than the Bengals did. And and I know I, I was probably a little bit too high on the Bengals, uh, and this is a team that tied with them. But I, I think that the Eagles are getting better and and are going to be like an annoying an annoying problem on Sunday. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be closer than we want it to be. I would hope that the the Ravens will be strong enough to pull it out, but we all it also needs to be a game where the Ravens don't have to play from behind. You know, that's the other yeah. thing to look at too. If if somehow the the Eagles make a couple plays early and say they get up fourteen to three and get that crowd into like it. that, yeah, I mean, but seriously, you know, I mean. The, the couple fans start kind of getting on Lamar a little bit, you know, and that guy that's farther up into the stadium that normally you wouldn't be able to hear, he can hear. <laughs> and, you know, I, I mean, I love Lamar, and I don't think he's mentally weak in any stretch. But that said, in a weird situation like this, when you haven't been playing with fans, I mean, hey, maybe – Maybe that should be my overreaction of the week, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, on the on the defensive side of the ball, the, the Eagles have some names uh, to watch out for. Um, Fletcher Cox has been making plays <laughs> in this league for a very long time. Uh, Rodney McLeod, a local guy, actually went to. He's a Dematha guy, um, and then they have their their backup that I was really interested at that safety was Kavon Wallace in the draft this year out of Clemson. Uh, and the Eagles happen to take them. But, um, yeah, I mean, they have a couple playmakers. I, I think this is an exploitable defense as well, uh, just like the Bengals were. And, uh, you know, it, just another opportunity to get the to get the um, 
to get the offense going for the Ravens. So is, what do you, what are you looking for, you know, game plan wise, a little strategy wise, maybe to look into, you know, we've got to, uh, we've saying it before, we've got to get the ball to some explosive weapons. And, and look, that includes Hollywood. I want to see plays designed for multiple guys to get open in interesting ways. And what I mean is, if if they think Hollywood is the guy we're trying to get open, that's because it's actually DuVernay we're going to throw to. Or, you know, really, some, and I, and I don't know how, but some kind of misdirection play that we are setting them up to get the ball into these guys' hands more. And, you know, I want to see more crossing patterns. I just want to see us, I don't know, open it up in a smart way to get Lamar hot and get the ball in some of the, the hands of the players that can do something with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's some high level game planning for you. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. Just score some points and, and don't let the Eagles score as many points. <laughs> and, uh, no, no, I, I, I agree. Like this is an opportunity where, where you know, the, the Eagles have a few defensive playmakers, but the other guys, um, maybe not not as good. So if they're going to really hone in on our top two guys, it's really a, a, a really strong possibility or a probability that you know the other guys like Boykin and Snead and and Duvernay, like we've mentioned for the entire episode here, to get going and really make some plays and build that rapport. That's that's the word I've been looking for all this whole episode. Rapport, uh, and I finally found it. So build some rapport with Lamar and. Um, some of that and some of that trust uh did that oh i guess we've been saying trust and not we haven't been saying trust uh oh, that trust with Gosh. lamar so missed yeah. opportunity oh, we got to record this whole thing it. we're blowing it so yeah. much yeah um let's see yeah defensively uh miles sanders i think is the key uh jalen rager uh is going to you know maybe be a problem on the outside but uh yeah, I, yeah, I think that this I, defense I mean, is just playing too well right now. It, yeah, I, I mean, I see us winning, but I, I think their receivers pose some interesting problems. Certainly, Miles Sanders poses some interesting problems. So our defense is going to have to, you know, let's let's see let's see if last week was because we were playing a rookie quarterback, or it's because we are as dominant dominant as we want them to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, do you want to get into a prediction here? I'll, I'll give you the uh, the game odds here. Okay. Um, the Ravens are favorites by seven and a half, and I, I read a tweet earlier today that said the the Eagles haven't been home dogs by more than a touchdown in like fifteen years. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean that's amazing. But I think that's fair considering the Eagles are one three and one. Yeah, um, I think so. And and then the over under is set at forty six and a half. Forty six and a half. You know, I think that's actually pretty fair because I was I was gonna say about like twenty four to twelve. So that okay. that sounds right. I'll stick with that. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking like, you know, a 28-17 kind of deal approaching that line. But, I, I, you know, earlier this year, I thought the Ravens were going to lose this game. I think this this time they're going to win. Uh, at this point, they're going to win. I think uh, the defense is just playing a little bit too well. Um, you know, despite, you know, some of the offensive playmakers that the Eagles have and, and, the, and the offensive-minded coach that they have, I think that uh, we're just a little bit too much on that side of the ball. Do you expect Jalen Hurts to make an appearance? Only in gadget play. Yeah, same. Same. I think they're going to try mean, to run I, the ball with yeah. him a little bit, though. I don't think I don't think Wentz has been bad enough that you know he'll, that that Hurts would come in and you know play like he was going to now start. You know, if that's what you mm-hmm. mean. I mean, I, I certainly don't. I don't see him getting 
significant snaps beyond something catastrophic for either Wentz or us. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it'll just be maybe a, maybe a running play here or there. But uh, I do think we see him a little bit uh, on Sunday. It seems like he's uh, been worked in in the past few games for them. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. So we both have uh, predicted Ravens wins uh, in week six. So we think that they will move to five and one. And, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how this thing goes like that. Like I said, that offense is close. We'll see if we can uh, get things clicking uh, in Philadelphia. Do you have anything else to add before we sign off? Well, I think we still want to talk about our uh, overreactions, right? And, oh, yeah, uh, that's right. That's and, right. And you had a Go couple other thoughts, I think, on uh, some additional additional potential uh, overreaction type items. But, yes. yeah, I, I mean, my overreaction of the week is just going to be how good our rookie class is going to be in the end. I think this rookie class, man, look, it, it, it's certainly always going to be hard to top the, the Ray Lewis, Jonathan Ogden uh, you know, class. I mean, and, and certainly even the, the Lamar class at this point is such a phenomenal rookie class. But I'll tell you what, you know, from from people starting day one, essentially, and, and getting, you know, significant playing time and getting, you know, making the most of their plays at this point and, and with potential impact, this rookie class could very well go down as the best rookie class in Ravens history. And that's saying something. That is yeah. my overreaction of the week. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, my overreaction was, you know, maybe a little bit my, more micro than that. Um, based on how McCarry and Powers played at right guard uh, against the Bengals, I can see one of them supplanting Tyree Phillips as the starter there, especially if Phillips is not ready to go against the Eagles. Um, you know, going into this game and then having the bye, I think that gives a really strong opportunity for either McCarry or Powers to to make their best case. Um, and uh, you know, who does it out of the two of them? Over I think the it would be McCarry. Okay. I think it would okay. be McCarry. Uh, no Powers, got, even though you wanted him to win the job last year. Yeah, you know that's interesting because I do like a lot of the things that Powers did. I think McCarry just because of how much he played last year and. You know, trying to get you're, you're leaning that towards that back. veteranosity. Yeah, the second year veteran. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it just seems like that's the way that it's going. It, like I said, especially if if Phillips is not playing this week, and yeah. maybe maybe that shoulder's a little bit more uh, severe than we thought. Um, so that's my overreaction of the week. The other thing I wanted to bring up was the impending trade deadline, and we know that. Uh, Eric DaCosta has been very active with trades mm-hmm. uh, in his time as the GM, and he's been very good at trades in his time at the, as, with the, as the GM. One of the positions that we've been talking about pretty much all year, and, and particularly this episode, is wide receiver. And uh, do you see a move being made there? And I wanted to throw a couple names out at you <clears throat> and, and see how you feel if the Ravens were to bring somebody like this in. The number one option, or not number one, the first option I'll bring up is New York Giants receiver Golden Tate. I like Golden Tate. I mean, personally, just let's let's take his contract out of the equation. I, you know, I I don't know what the salary cap implications would be, but he seems like a player that would fit right into what with what we do. Yeah, he does. He's he's like almost the same shape as Devin Duvernay. It, it mm-hmm. seems, uh, you know, kind of different play styles. He has a little bit of that uh, craftiness that a guy like Derek Mason brought to the to the team. Uh, you know, more of a possession guy at this point of his career. I, I think he would be a really interesting addition um, as you know, just moving the chains one by like you know first down at a time. He would be a really interesting add. Uh, the second guy, kind of in a similar mold, I guess, is uh, New York Jets receiver Jamison Crowder. Yeah, he could be. He could be all right. You know, I don't want to talk too much about him because, as you know, giving a little bit away to to our discussions before the podcast, I I was completely creating some other person apparently when I thought of Jamison Crowder, but. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's an interesting player. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I kind of wonder with his contract. I think we were talking about a little bit yeah, about he's a little know, pricey. I didn't see those numbers working with our cap personally, but but I, he'd be an interesting add. Yeah, again, like more of a more of a chain moving guy at this point in his career. He's just 27 years old. He's in the second year of a three year contract with the Jets. That is probably a little bit too rich for the Ravens' current cap situation. And the third guy, maybe the most exciting, is uh, Kenny Galladay with the, with the Detroit Lions, uh, a young receiver. He's had some injury issues, some dur- durability problems, but he can really stretch the field. He can go up and make the catch. Um, really good receiver, somebody that they might be interested in moving because they might not be able to sign him, which means that the Ravens probably wouldn't be able to sign him. But Maybe a nice mercenary add to this roster. Yeah, I mean, he certainly is the most electric out of the three of those players. I, I guess I look at it. You know, it's interesting. I, as much as I agree with you that that would be a good add, I also just look historically at the wide receiver position and players that are added during the season. Typically, you don't see a player when they're added during the season, really kind of fully incorporate into the offense very well. You know, and that's that's really across the board with the NFL. It's, it's fairly rare. You know, I think one of the few players that has ever truly done that is, I think, Keenan McCardo back when he was traded to the Bucks. I think, from the Jags to the Bucks back in the day. I think he really popped. After after he got traded and helped, I think the Bucks um, maybe get to the Super Bowl that year. I forget when that was, but I don't know. And I don't think it was that far away. But anyway, regardless, you know it. It's hard to find players that pop, um, at least at wide receiver during a season. I think you look at you look at Peters. You know, I think he certainly is an outlier somewhat, but defense is a little different. You know, especially corner, you know, go cover that guy. Um, especially when you're talking about a guy with Peters, Peters' talent. So that's the only thing I worry about is, you know, you get a guy, we're talking about rapport. You know, are, are you really going to trade for a guy that you, eh, you're going to have that rapport with Lamar? At least with a guy like Golden Tate, I feel like he does have that Derek Vason excuse me, Derek Mason, veteran, you know, wise, you know, savvy, thank you, that, you know, maybe that's what we're really looking for here, where, you know, Crowder, I don't think he's established enough that you can say, yeah, he's going to come in and make the difference. Galladay, even. Man, he's going to come in. Now, he's especially talented, so I don't mean anything by his talent, but you know, as far as someone that really is going to bring something immediately to this offense like the Ravens would need. Now, if you're talking about, well, who do we want to get to be our wide receiver for years to come? Well, Galladay's the answer out of those three players. But if you're looking for a guy that you're looking for that kind of impact, much like a Peters was able to give us on defense last year, then that's going to have to be, you know, somebody like, like a Golden Tate in my mind. Now, and yeah. I, how about this? There's all, also the the aspect of what if we find a you – no, know, hey, what about Kyle Juszczyk? I know that's crazy. We're not out there looking for a fullback. But, hey, I don't know what his contract looks like. The Niners have a lot of problems right now with injuries and everything else. Who's to say we can't get him? And he would actually be an, a real interesting piece as a safety valve, kind of a third tight end, fullback, you know, interesting role. You know, that's wild hair as, as we're talking here. But, you know, even – and I guess I, I look at that because last year we're thinking, oh, what do we need? What do we need? We need a pass rusher. Well, we went out and got Marcus Peters. Right. You know what I mean? Right, so I'm trying right. to think we, of what what on offense might the Ravens do that we didn't go out and get the wide receiver, but we got this guy who actually is going to help us maybe revert back to that whole three tight end 
deal that we're missing without Hurst. Yeah, yeah, a guy like that was uh, like Evan Ingram on the Giants, another really talented mm-hmm. tight end or something like that. So you're right. I mean, when everybody thought that they were going to zig and get a get a pass rusher, they they zagged and and went in the second. And maybe that's you know we get them for a sweet deal somewhere down the line. Right, right. That's true. That's you know? a really interesting point. So I mean, I, I think something will happen. I you know the front office is so tight sealed on on things like this. It's almost impossible to even foresee yeah. any of it happening. Uh, but we're not going to know about is it until go it happens. Basically. Right, right. Until Schefter tells us. Yeah, until it's essentially already done or it fell through. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Something to keep an eye on. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see it. Either way, I'm sure it'll be an exciting trade deadline. Uh, across the league as, as teams try to make so. moves. And, when and, is uh, the deadline, by the way? It's, it's, I mean, it's as we it see is. here on October 13th. It's coming up a little quicker than I think we, we think. Yeah, it's on the same day as the election, actually. Oh, Schefter, wow. Schefter had a tweet today that, that, he got some, that he got some crap for. He was talking about a, a, a big day that was going to change, uh, change things for, for years to come. Yeah, and uh, he said it was the trade oh, deadline. Good lord, and, good know, lord. So, we'll just yeah, it how back. dare he? Um, well, he's not wrong in some respects, but certainly not <laughs> about football. Um, yeah. All right, we'll just leave it at that. Yep. Um, absolutely. You know what? Why don't you Why don't you bring us out this week? All right, I will finish it off. So, I mean, look, the Ravens not where they're where we're used to seeing them on offense, but you know things are so close and and. Things are things are ready to happen uh, on that side of the ball. The defense is playing at a championship level. We just need to uh, get that offense going a little bit. All things being said, four and one, pretty good place to be. Week six, we go into Philly. We'll come out with another win. We're both predicting another win, and uh, we hope you guys are along there uh, for the ride with us. For Andrew Holly and TK. We close out this episode of Crab Takes and Football. Go Ravens. Go Ravens.